0: This message comes from Capital One. Your business faces unique challenges and opportunities. That's why Capital One offers a comprehensive suite of financial services backed by the strength of a top 10 commercial bank. Visit CapitalOne.com slash commercial. Member FDIC.
1: What up, mi gente? So Felix is out of office for the rest of the year, which means it was left up to me to bring you this week's episode. Now... I'm bringing you a repeat, but I promise it's a good one. This cumbia episode is the thing that made me fall in love with Alt Latino. It gets into how nuestra gente are from all over the world listening to the same kinds of music. You know that earworm cumbia that was in your life all growing up? Well, turns out it has some pretty storied and important roots, so I would recommend giving this one a listen. I hope you like it as much as I do. From NPR Music, this is Alt Latino. I'm Jasmine Garst.
2: And I'm Felix Contreras. That is the sound of my youth.
1: No, that's the sound of my youth. It's
2: the sound of my youth.
1: Well, it's it's a testament to how enduring cumbia music has been throughout Latin America. That that's the sound of your youth in California and 70 years later. <laughs> I don't think
2: so. It's the
1: sound of my youth <laughs> in Argentina.
3: You know,
2: it's the sound it's the sound of my parents' music. It's the sound, it's like like nineteen sixties cumbia from Mexico. That's what this is. This is Cumbia del Sol. And this particular song was like at every house party, every wedding, anytime there were more than three Chicanos to get together, this song came out.
1: This is cumbia music. Cumbia is the musical backbone of Latin America. It doesn't matter where you go. I mean, in the U.S., everyone knows about salsa, merengue, maybe, bachata. Forget about that. Everywhere <laughs> you go in Latin America, from Tierra del Fuego, the tip of Argentina, probably, you know, in the North Pole, some, some Mexicans.
2: So, so Chicano snowmen in the North Pole.
1: <laughs> they so. dance cumbia.
2: And today we're going to talk about why that is, why cumbia is really the first Pan-Latin party music. Yeah. And and our guide today is Eduardo Diaz, who's the director of the Smithsonian Latino Center here in Washington, D.C. Eduardo, welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Felix and Jasmine. Thank you so much. And we want to talk a little bit more about the Latino Center and your connection to it. We're going to talk about that later we wanna hear more of this Cumbia del Sol and then we're gonna talk about where this music comes from and how it got to Mexico and Argentina and Sacramento and And how else. it
1: endured through generations. <laughs>
2: Eduardo, that song, in, in particular, brings back a lot of memories. Like I said, because it's just—it was just everywhere when when I was growing up. Well, that song by Carmen Rivero comes out in
4: 1964, and "Cumbia del Sol" is one of four or five hits that became very pervasive. "La Cartagenera, "Cumbia de la Medianoche." Oh, I like that tune. Uh, la, polla, la Pollera colora, which is probably in, in, of equal, you know,
1: <laughs> the, the red skirt.
4: Yeah, and then you know, Que te vas de ronda, which is kind of a you know a tribute to Agustín Lara, the great Mexican composer. So when she cuts that album in '64, it really starts the ball rolling, and begins the process of of the conquest of the of the cumbia in, in Latin America. <laughs> We, wherever Mexicans are for sure, but then of course, you know, we know all about the way in which Cumbia has proliferated all over the place.
1: Well, so so you're saying Cumbia started in Mexico? Because I've heard a lot of versions, including that it started in Colombia and no. Peru. The
4: Cumbia starts in Colombia. The Cumbia is uh, original music from uh, La Parte Costeña, so the coastal regions of, of Colombia, and it begins with a small band that's composed of two flutes called Gaitas. And so what you have is the tambora, which is a two-headed drum played with a stick, and you have the tambora alegre, the seguidor, maracas. That is the beginning of the cumbia. Then it becomes orchestrated, and we heard a perfect example of that at the introduction of the show, which is Carmen
2: Rivero. Let's go back a little bit and talk about the origins of it. When we were talking about this beforehand, you had something that really shocked me about the little two-step. Tell us about how that step originated
4: the cumbia its origination is african and we know that the slaves were shackled and so for them to be able to dance this music their leg motion the motion of their feet was limited by the shackle so that's why you have in the original cumbia this sort of sidestep with the one foot and then the right foot if you move the left foot first catches up with it but you don't move very far that's why when you see in the original cumbia, the men are barely moving their feet. It's a real short shuffle step. The reason it's a short shuffle step, in the same way with the women, is because they couldn't move any further. They had the, they had the shackles on their feet.
2: I was able to find, thanks to the Smithsonian, Smithsonian Folkways Record, we're going to hear some roots cumbia. This is from a, a group called Los Gaiteros de San Jacinto. They're from Colombia. This is a track called... Fuego de Cumbia. Oh, my God, that's a great one.
3: (laughs) And
2: what we're going to listen for is what Eduardo was talking about, the drums, the chanting, and the gaitas. You can hear it all on this track. Right.
3: ¡Gracias!
1: eventually moved from Colombia all across Latin America, north and south, but my understanding is it had a really strong impact in Mexico, is that right?
4: Cumbia in Mexico's back goes back to the nineteen forties. So that's where you start seeing sort of the more orchestrated form of, of of Cumbia. But it's it's when when it goes to Mexico then it collides with what is there called música tropical. So you have the collision, if you will, of cumbia with Cuban music, son montuno, danzón. And then you have the introduction of horns, saxes, clarinets, uh, trumpets. You have the introduction of the conga the timbal and other forms of percussion that did not exist in the original Cumbia.
2: And it all coincided with, uh, like like you said, 1940s, the Epoca de Oro from Mexico with the film, the music, all of that stuff collided, like you said. And then in the 50s and the 60s, back in Colombia, there was a label. Jasmine, remember when we were in Colombia, we went to the record label Discos Fuentes? Yes. And we went to their original building and saw a lot of their original recording equipment. Discos Fuentes was the label in for Cumbia in Colombia in the 50s and the 60s. And we're going to play a track that I found. This is something called Rito Esclavo, and it's by an artist by the name of Pedro Laza.
4: You know what's interesting about this is he's still got the tambora. That's not a timbal. Right. That's a tambora. Clarinet. Mm -hmm. And you have the horns.
3: Big band sound. Yeah. un <laughs> de O peros negros aplacan sus placeres.
2: We're going to hear more from this great conversation, but first, we've got to take a short break.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Noom. Noom understands that not everyone is starting from the same place and takes that into account. With their first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, you can find 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor Rosetta Stone, an expert in language learning for 30 years. Right now, NPR listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership to 25 different languages for 50% off. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. This message comes from Capital One, offering commercial solutions you can bank on. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths,
3: a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as the Black experience, you'll hear, it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Earlier we were talking about the development of Cumbia in Mexico in the 40s and in the 50s.
2: From that era is basically our parents were more or less the same age and that's our parents era music that's what they grew up listening to that was their that was their hip sound that's what that's what they were cool with and then we get it down to the baby boomer generation and it gets filtered down and you know no one really did anything in the mass culture with cumbia until los lobos and selena selena later mm-hmm. but uh and i brought in a track from Los Lobos so you can hear the way they do it cuz they they've been incorporating cumbia into their concerts you know they're celebrating their 40th anniversary so they, from the beginning from when I first started seeing them they do it on record just a little bit and it was hard to find a recorded version of them doing cumbia but I did find one from their album called Good Morning Atslan this one's called oh, Maria Cristina
3: 1 2 I want. gusta el mambo, esto no puedo negar, pero yo prefiero cumbia, es lo mejor para gozar. También le gusta la salsa, guaracha de sabrosón, este ritmo colombiano me inspira más el corazón. Es que le gusta Pasar mi vida, con María por mi lado, disfrutando con arriba Pasar mi vida, con María por mi lado, disfrutando cumbia rica con mi güerita bailando. María le gusta el mambo, esto no puedo negar, pero yo prefiero cumbia, eso me
2: You know, we've talked about this on the show about how uh, for Chicanos in the Southwest uh, during the '70s, the, the, to be more progressive was to listen to the Tafania, to, to listen to salsa, to listen to the Afro-Caribbean, conjunto, and cumbia. Really, wasn't wasn't part of the deal. It was like your parents' deal. music. Exactly, it was kind of square, it was kind of hokey. These guys, they just reinvented it for us in a lot of ways. We all knew the music. I played Cumbia del Sol in high school, and since high school, I've been playing that song. And they reinvented cumbia, and they do it in a way that's a little bit of the tradition, but in their own stamp.
4: Right. There's a lot of that's a very heavy bass in there, but
1: there's almost like a ska. Balance. There is
4: because like, remember reggae becomes popular reggaeton later. Cumbia is such stylistically, it is structured in a way that it is absorbed very easily. It is it's a very malleable genre. And so it receives and gives at the same time. So it can receive reggae. It can receive reggaeton. It can re- it can receive, uh, you know, música tropical or huaracha easily. It can receive the Andean sound. So the pentatonic scale of, let's say, Andean music, no problem. Chicha comes up. Chicha's born.
1: I'm glad you brought up chicha. Speaking of I chicha. I love chicha. Chicha music, and I love the story about how Chicha music is born. You know, with a lot of the oil companies in right. Peru, and you had all these workers going in, and and, and basically, you know, towns were popping up
4: right, in
1: the '60s. In the '60s, right. just because of these oil companies, That's and then you have these people kind of in the Amazon, by the way, in the Amazon. So you have these people in the Amazons in these towns, uh, very working class people mixing with uh, Americans. And and so it's kind of this style that merges cumbia with surf rock and psychedelia because it's also the 60s. Right.
2: I can't imagine.
1: What a trip. And you're in the Amazons.
2: <laughs> yeah. it's one of the, This is one of those uh, musical... This is one of those musical stones that you uncover and it's like, oh my God, it's like how you would, you couldn't even make this up in, in fiction, yeah. but in fact it exists. And I did bring in a Chicha track. This is from that great label that we love in Spain, Vampi yes. They do such a great job of documenting all kinds of different styles and genres. And they put out not just one, but two volumes of, of a Chicha. And this is a track called... Cumbia para un viajito.
1: Cumbia for an old man. Uh, yeah. I played it for
2: uh, Eduardo and I. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what you're hearing is that very definitive 60s style guitar, almost tinny with a lot of reverb, you know, kind of like kind of high sound before all the big crunchy guitars came in. And you're still hearing Eduardo, though, that triplet with the weedle and on. this one. And the conga part is unbelievably simple but grooves like crazy. It's like just two beats, mm-hmm. but it's
1: just it, so, so just imagine listening to this. In an oil company town in the Amazon's in the '60s.
2: Right,
4: but it's interesting to see the the emergence of the of the electric lead and rhythm guitars, the the organ, the synthesizers. Everything becomes electric, and the percussive percussive element almost becomes very rudimentary here, very rudimentary. So, but it's got a groove, like you say. <laughs>
2: So we're going to finish the show with a couple of things. The first thing we're going to do is something I heard this summer at the Latin Alternative Music Conference. We were sitting there talking to people, greeting people, and I heard a, a melody that was familiar, but then it turned into a cumbia. And for those of people who are familiar with pop music will understand, this is Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, cumbia-sized, by a guy named Fito Olivares.
4: Oh, <laughs> Fito Olivares,
2: This wow. is Thrift Shop. Oof. <laughs> It starts like the original, but listen, it does a little transition that just kills. It just knocked me out the first time I heard it.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
4: Isn't it? I love this. That sax line gave it away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect cumbia song, that little alto saxophone part. It's got that sonidero
4: bass line, too. Huge. Huge.
1: It's
3: very deep. I like this. Entonces, I this Isn't it great? Me encanta, me encanta. Oh, what you know about I'm I'm am digging. I'm searching right through that luggage. One man's trash that's another man's. Come up, come up, come up, come up, come up. It was 99 cents. 99 cents.
2: Another track that I wanted to play was to show how pervasive, how much of an influence cumbia is on all forms of music. This is from a 1978 album by the jazz bassist Charles Mingus, and the album's called Cumbia and Jazz Fusion. And when you listen to the track, you're going to be able to hear horns replicating the gaitas and the traditional Colombian style, and then there's a a transition where it becomes a jazz big band. ¶¶ That's Charles Mingus. Charles Mingus. Wow. Wow. You never heard this one? No. It's 28 minutes long. (laughs) No, because it's just this long meditation on cumbia from a jazz perspective. Beautiful. then they just go into the big band swing thing.
4: Which is not so shocking, because a lot of those Musica Tropical orchestras were huge like this. Multiple trumpets, multiple saxes, piano...
2: Like I said, this is a 28-minute song. We're not going to play the whole thing. But I wanted to give you an idea of what it sounds like. Charlie Mingus was way ahead of his time. I did not know that. I did not know that song. And to close out the show, we're going to play something that you brought in that I really, really loved, and it's called Scrumbia. So tell us about it, Jasmine.
1: I don't know. I discovered this just goofing around online. And basically what he does is he chops and screws cumbia, and he makes it really slow and syrupy and, and thick. And I, and I just think he's doing something very interesting and kind of fusing those hip-hop elements. This is Royal Highness, and this is Scrumbia. we yeah. You've given us so much history of Cumbia. Are there any new artists that you're just thrilled by?
4: No. <laughs> no, I'm really not. I'm not really thrilled. I mean, I, this is very f- interesting music. And it actually, it's slowed down to, in the way that's actually going backwards. you know what I mean? In time. Right. Because it's almost like a gaita. It's very slow. Like, we heard Los Gaiteros de San Jacinto. It's at that pace. I love it. I mean, it's, from a dance perspective, it goes back. It goes back to the original cumbia, Step.
2: Eduardo, thank you so much for coming in and, and sharing your knowledge with us and listening to all these Cumbia tracks. When we talked ahead of time, we did talk about doing it over beers, but uh, it didn't work out this time, but maybe sometime why? in the future. Because Cumbia <laughs> goes with beer, man. No, it's why not? A, oh, why didn't we why have it not? here? Why not? Because our boss is sitting across the glass here in the studio with us. Oh, so she you wouldn't you have my <laughs> That would violate NPR policies and <laughs> protocols. Mm-hmm. that has been my pleasure to be
4: here. I love talking about music especially cumbia.
2: Eduardo Diaz is the executive director of the Smithsonian Latino Center here in Washington, D.C. Again, thanks for coming. Appreciate it. Pleasure to be here. Remember, you can hear all of these songs in their entirety on our website at npr.org slash altlatino.
1: Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter where the conversation never ends. And tell us what cumbias you listen to. Old, new, who's innovating, who are the classics for you. Just let us know.
2: And don't forget to check out our stream 24-7, Alt Latino Radio, at npr.org slash music. I'm Felix Contreras.
1: And I'm Jasmine Garst. This has been Alt Latino.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives, like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at Rosettastone.com/nPR. What does it mean to be black in America? An NPR's Black Stories Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as black experiences. You'll hear it means everything. Search NPR Black Stories Black Truths wherever you get your podcast.